Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. Todd Bean founded Tovo Academy Barcelona to develop a new generation of intelligent players and capable coaches. His passion has always been and continues to be holistic development and learner-centered coaching. Todd Bean began working with Johan Cruyff in 2002. He actually married his daughter and they have six kids. His first task was to build the internationally recognized Cruyff Institute for Sports Studies dedicated to educating athletes worldwide. And for the second consecutive year, Todd Bean will be a featured presenter at the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention. His session is called Tovo Training, Intelligent Position Play. And it'll be an education session on January 17th from 4.30 to 5.30. And Todd Bean will kick off our show. Following Todd, we'll talk to four national championship coaches. Up first, D3 men and women. Josh Shapiro wins back-to-back men's titles for Tufts University. He's won four in the last six years. And on the women's side, Scott Fry, Messiah College. He's been coaching there 20 years. He gets his sixth national championship for the women at his alma mater. Then we go to NAIA men, Alex Nichols, back-to-back titles at Central Methodist University. And then how about Matt Dunn, the Dunny Way, your NAIA women's national champion from Kaiser University down in Florida. And it all starts with Todd Bean after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with Team Snap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Once again, here's Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Staff. I'm Dean Linky, and as promised, each and every week, right up through the convention, we will spend time with one or two featured clinicians, and we are pleased to have one of the stars of this year's convention, talking about Todd Bean. He is the founder of the Tobo Academy over in Barcelona, and you can find him during that week in Baltimore on Friday, January 17th from 4.30 to 5.30, his session will be called Tobo Training, Intelligent Position Play, presented by Quick Goal, and it will, of course, feature Todd Bean, who's kind enough to join me now all the way across the pond there from Barcelona. Todd, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. Well, Todd, do me a favor. First, remind everybody how long you've been over in Barcelona and when you found Tobo Academy. So in saying that, I guess, Todd, I'm really looking for, you know, your entire elevator speech growing up here, even New yeah. England and California, and then the spark plug that said, hey, I'm going over there, and then we'll get more into your session, but I want people to get to know you again. Yeah, I mean, I'm a suburban boy, mostly from New England, uh, grew up playing uh, multi-sports, uh, focusing on soccer, and working my way to Dartmouth College up in Hanover, New Hampshire, and playing for a gentleman named Bobby Clark, a wonderful coach I had the privilege of playing for. And then um, always stayed within coaching and education, had a stint in England and moved back to the States to private school teaching and coaching, and then eventually still playing in the, the old USISL as a player and, and continuing to coach 
um, you know, kind of club soccer and assistant at college, etc. So really a product of the American soccer landscape from city camp, you know, to collegiate soccer and beyond. And then um, through various projects got connected to Johan Greif, um, all the listeners will know, and just was fortunate to have a job offer to come work for him in 2002. I packed my bags as quickly as any other soccer enthusiast would and uh, landed in Barcelona and worked with him for 14 years before his passing. And then as he was uh, passing, I just as, a, just as a disclaimer, I married his daughter, and so uh, he was my father-in-law. And, and as he was uh, diagnosed terminally with cancer, unfortunately, and passed from that, that illness, um, I set up with Chantal, uh, his daughter and my wife, uh, Tobo Academy, and the idea was to create a private mafia, if you will, uh, an opportunity for foreign players to come specifically from, you know, United States, North America, Canada, et cetera, to come and immerse themselves in the football culture here. And that was the uh, the birth of Togo Academy. And we've been, we're still in our infancy. We're still, uh, we're still in our, in our youth year. We're four years into that project. And we invite kids for train about programs. We're doing coaching courses here. And we're sharing the methodology now that we employ here through online courses and, and also in Baltimore, just a little slice of it in Baltimore as, as we did last year in Chicago. So we're, we're happy to be part of, of the convention. Well, everybody loved your work in Chicago last year. I can assure you of that, being with United Soccer Coaches for a long time. Your presence there was felt in, uh, in a big way and well-received. For some new listeners, because our numbers are really growing over here, Remind everybody what TOVO stands for. What does it mean exactly? Yeah, it stands for, it's the first two letters of each of the words, total football in Dutch. So total football in the Dutch format is total, so the T-O and the V-O are total football. It was Chantal and I, a little bit, kind of a, a fun little way to honor uh, honor uh, Johan and, and to keep a little bit of that tradition uh, 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 and that wisdom and that intuition that he brought to the game alive through, uh, through total football. Uh, to our business, so it's subsequently called Tovo. Tovo. And obviously, coming from Barcelona is a long way to come, as you know. It, clearly, this convention means a lot to you if you're going to come as far from Barcelona to go to Chicago and now to Baltimore. Why is it so important for you to be here? Well, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's it's honing the craft. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be a presenter, but, uh, you know, I present an hour and then I get the benefit of <laughs> of listening to other great minds in the game and other practitioners and other field sessions. So selfishly, you know, it's a good exchange. I get to come and share what we're trying to do here with our methodology, but at the same time I take out my notepad and see old friends and colleagues and connect, keep the network alive, and also ideally for me to learn as much as possible from some, some great minds in the game. I think I, I started going to the convention, I think, many, many years ago um, when it was in Nashville. I can't even remember the year. Uh, and learning a little line dancing, having a couple beers as a young coach, and learning from the greats back then. And now, now I'm fortunate to contribute to that dialogue in a way that I wasn't capable of before. But mostly networking, friends, learning, honing the craft, and just being part of something so positive. All right, Tom, let's dive into your particular session. As I mentioned, Friday, January 17, 4.30 to 5.30. The name of the topic is called Intelligent Position Play. So, obviously, this is a podcast, so we can't see you, but walk us through, talk us through what that means and what you hope to accomplish in that one hour on Friday, January 17th. Yeah, and you asked a good question about my upbringing. When I, when I grew up in the U.S., everything, well, first, I'm old enough, so everything was about fitness. 
And all of my youth training then shifted in the 80s to everybody having a ball and learning 50 moves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and everything was about the ball. It was a very technique-centric uh, paradigm that I, I think still dominates the United States. And what I noticed in coming here and having access to see uh, Johan work his magic as an advisor to Barcelona and Ajax, having a, you know, conversations with Pep Guardiola and the Ronald Koeman's and these type of people, what I realized was Johan was all about position play. They call that in Dutch positiespella. So I had grown up focusing on the ball, the ball, the ball, and while that's critically important, the great players dominate the ball, but they also have a profound understanding of position play. So what we've done at the Tovo Academy and through our Tovo methodology is to try to help players intelligently understand uh, the game of football as they would chess, as opposed to checkers. I grew up playing checkers and, you know, mediocre enough to at least play through D1 college and pro, but really the profound level of understanding of what position play is and angles and distance and timing. So the session is going to explore how we would take uh, teenagers through a session with the main focus not just being the ball, but being a, an intelligent understanding of the manipulation and the management and exploitation of space. So we'll do that through a series of exercises. And my argument, if you will, my, my, my thesis, if you will, presented to the, your, your listeners and to the people who attend the session is that I think we need to be teaching children more about space and spatial relationships and the management of space than we have in the United States. And I believe that if we do, we're going to have a more intelligent player, a more complete player who's capable of technically executing through that space. So it's a little shift, it's a little paradigm shift, and we're just going to show uh, some teenagers on the pitch there in Baltimore how we might do that differently to teach them intelligently how to manage space through a series of dynamic exercises. Just so we know, did you ask for a specific age group, and did you ask for uh, boys or girls for your session? A good question. I got to fill out. I got to go back to my application. I think we were going to talk about maybe fourteen-year-olds that range, um, mm-hmm. and then I don't know. To be fair, I don't know if I'm assigned boys or girls. I don't know that it really matters. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm willing, you know, excited to work with others. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Last year in Chicago, I was assigned a great group of boys from a local Chicago club that were about the 14-year-olds. So I, I think we'll be working 14-year-olds, and it'll remain to be seen whether they're boys or girls. But to, to me, uh, you know, that age group is a fun group. They have enough confidence in front of, the, you know, 100 people or so that'll be there, however many show up to the session, to be able to, you know, play their game on the pitch there and, and not shy away from what, what we'll be asking them to do. So we'll have mid-teens, competitive-level boys or girls. Uh, in my session on that Friday afternoon. Todd, remind us, and I've seen some of your sessions, but remind us your approach. As you're walking through the exercises, do you stop and talk a little bit and construct the the, the exercises, or do you wait to the end for your Q&A? What's your general approach when you're doing a field session? Yeah, what I like to do is um, to engage the audience in the why behind the exercises. I mean, you know, you can go to the convention and just jot down exercises, but you probably don't have to go to a convention just to do that. What I try to do is, as a presenter anyways, is to think of uh, engaging the coaches in the why behind what we're going to be doing with these players. Um, and so what I tend to do is set up these self-regulating activities and try to walk the players through them as I would, uh, you know, verbally allowed uh, with, the, with the audience member. So they understand that the audience member, the coach watching, they understand why this exercise is selected, how it connects to the second and third exercise, 
and specifically uh, both the players and the coaches, I hope, will at least see that there is some madness to this method or some method to this madness as we go through the process. And then I always, you know, I try to end, you know, shortly just before the session so that we can, you know, address anything that might have been some salient points that came out in the session itself and then hopefully hang out in the lobby a little bit and answer any other questions for those who want to dig in a little bit deeper. So great to start this week's show with Todd Bean, the founder of the Tovo Academy over in Barcelona. He was with us last year in Chicago for the convention. He'll be back in Baltimore January 17th. 430 to 534 intelligent position play. I like the fact that you also talked about, uh, and I like the way you said it, you go over, you do the hour, but then you also get to soak it in. As you said, you're still trying to learn. Andrew DeHer from United Soccer Coaches, as folks were emailing in questions to ask you, wanted to ask your opinion on why it's so important for coaches at all levels to attend the convention from an education standpoint and grow their coaching network. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I look at, you know, we call it the coaching convention. I really look at us as colleagues at all levels of the game, men and women, uh, whether we're coaching, you know, six-year-old children to, you know, 21-year-old college coaches. I look at us as a, you know, family of coaches, and I think we're educators. You know, I, I even like the term better educators than because I think we're trying to bring out or bring forth the, the maximum potential in our players. And so... When you're, you know, when I stroll around the convention, you know, I get to listen to a completely different perspective. Somebody else that, you know, may not even buy in or may want to challenge the Tovo philosophy, and that's a great thing, you know. I'm from New England, so if we can endure New England, you know, cold, we can certainly have a thick skin to, to be challenged and to be questioned and to be, you know, and prod through the, some of our assumptions we have. So when I go, I always go to, with a notepad to think of uh, who, how many, other professionals I can see. And I don't mean just professionals like, you know, the, the, the stars like, you know, Jill Ellis or, or Anson Dorrance or Leslie Gallimore who are at the top of the game, these types of coaches. I'm talking about uh, presenters that, that talk about leadership and, and development and, 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 and different communities with different challenges in the game because ultimately I think our collective enterprise, our collective mission is to keep kids engaged in the game for as long as we possibly can. So uh, I'm really excited sometimes, you know, for, let's say, not just the keynote speakers, but then in those breakout sections, being able to ask questions to other presenters on their perspective and their communities where they're coaching. So I look at us as kind of a family of educators, and if collectively we're better, and I think the convention makes us better, then I think then the kids in our charge are certainly going to benefit. So it's uh, I get selfish reward from that. I always say, like, okay, so I enjoy being better, learning more, and watching great people do wonderful things with our kids. I'm a father of six, so I know how important coaches are. I know how important teachers are. And I feel that if we are going to coach and if we are going to educate, then we need to attend conventions and courses and classes and symposiums because we, I think we owe that to the children. If, if, if we look at it that way, then it becomes a celebration of everything that we're you know, we're trying to accomplish as, as as coaches. I love that answer. I appreciate that answer. And on this show, we often talk to people at all levels about uh, mentors and memories. And you've already mentioned a couple. Bobby Clark's been on the show several times. Everybody that knows Bobby Clark loves Bobby Clark. Obviously, your father-in-law, one of the greatest of all time. And you certainly know what you were doing there for sure. And uh, congratulations on the six children as well. Who are some other key mentors that have moved you in your career, Todd Bean? When I think of educators, I even think of like uh, someone like a Professor Slesnick at Dartmouth College. It sounds like a strange 
mentor me when we're talking about football, but is uh, he was the guy, he was the, you know, my, one of my freshman uh, math coaches that asked me what the hell I was still doing in math class. You know, and I was just in math because you come into college, you just continue on subject matter. And he came to every soccer match for my time there. Not for me, because he loved the game. And he was the one that gave me the focus to realize I was not going to be a mathematician. He was the first to recognize that. So, you know, you get these mentors that come in with messages, and then you end up listening or ignoring them or, or, or rationalizing why they need to But the best mentors, I think, give you, give you, you know, this, this wisdom in small packages, and he was one. He got me into my focus and allowed me to realize that I was going to explore literature and football and not just follow a math, uh, something that I wasn't passionate about, and that came from the math professor. I think about Bobby Clark, of course, who I had a chance to play with, and everybody that has speaks so highly of him. That connected me to Tommy Clark, who's doing amazing things with grassroots soccer uh, through HIV education and in the sport. Um, you think about people like later when I go to take your licenses through the U.S. Soccer uh, Federation. I had a chance to be, you know, coached or taught by Bobby Howe or by Ziggy Schmidt, who's of course passed away. Um, and then as you get older, what happens is your friends take on leader posi- leadership positions. So there's people like uh, Kevin um, at Cal, Ke- you know, Kevin Grimes is coaching the Cal men's team, or Leslie, who's been just retired from Washington, who's a friend of mine, and I just marvel out at her consistency and her commitment to the, to the young women up in Washington. So as you get, <laughs> it happens as you get older, some of your mentors are your peers. And that's, I think, what's great about the convention. You get to sit down and have a beer and, and explore the wisdom that they, they've gleaned over the years. That was an easy one, a tougher one. And, of course, it was a focus at the last convention, but it's going to be continuing to be a focus. And I love your take since you're over in Barcelona because I'd love to know what kind of shockwaves it sent when the U.S. did not qualify for the last World Cup, and as you know, that can't happen again. Hopefully it won't happen again. How do we make sure it doesn't happen again, Todd? Yeah, and this may be controversial to say, but I think we spend way too much time and energy focusing on the coach, Um, and I don't think that's the larger issue for our national team. Because I think it, whether it's Bruce or Bob or Jurgen, all, all, all of whom I respect and admire, or now it's Greg in his position, you know, of course, they've got to get us through qualifying. But to be fair, and I, this is what I'm coming back to the convention again, I take a personal responsibility because we're developing the players that eventually they are going to select. And it's very hard to develop players as a national team coach. You're not with them enough. You're given the products, the personnel, and the and the talent that is available. And I don't think, to be fair, and also I may be controversial, but to be critical of ourselves as coaches, I don't think we're delivering players that are capable of playing the game on the on the world stage at the level and the depth and the breadth that a Brazil, Spain, Germany, Italy, you name it, are doing for their national team coaches. So while we spend a lot of energy on Greg or the system of play or whether he's the man or Bruce was good or Bob was fantastic or Jurgen was the right person, all of these people are fantastic coaches at the top of their game. I think we need to do a better job from grassroots through the competitive club culture and into the college ranks of building and nurturing a better player. We call it a 3C player, a player of greater cognition, greater competence and character. And then then you can imagine what Greg would have to work with, and it's nothing against the current crop of players. I just don't think we have enough depth in our national pool, and so we can be vulnerable 
on a given night or a given tournament or a given qualification. And I don't think we should be vulnerable in CONCACAF. I think we should be walking through CONCACAF. I think Mexico should be walking through CONCACAF. And then we should be joined by maybe a Costa Rica or Panama or some rotating, you know, country that has their moment or their generation. But I think we need to produce a greater number of intelligent players from which a Bob or a Greg or a Jurgen can draw to represent our nation. I just don't think we're good enough at the, the younger levels to do so at this point. Imagine picking the which midfield you want from Spain. And be, to be fair, I think the Spanish national, Luis, is, is back in, in the play here. I think he potentially has probably 30 or 40 midfielders that are probably at least as good as our best. And that's no slight on our best. It's just not strong enough to make that spot a challenging choice for the leader who's going to coach this team into qualifying. So I know that may be controversial, but at least this gives us food for thought and some discussion while we're in Baltimore. As we wrap up, perhaps intelligent position play will help us be more effective and, and guarantee us also making a World Cup. And as you think about that, what's your final takeaway for everybody listening about what, in fact, they might use that word again, takeaway from your session, intelligent position play. You could sum it up the best. What do you want folks to take away from your session, Tybeen? Yeah, it sounds a bit ambitious, but I hope we can inspire people to rethink and then redesign our talent development programs uh, one training session at a time. All right, that sounds good. And if people want to learn more about what you're doing with Tovo Academy in Barcelona, is there a website they can uh, learn more about what's going on, Todd? Yeah, so the best website for uh, for players or families or people that want to come here specifically are TovoAcademy.com. But uh, for coaches specifically, we have online programs, we have on-site programs, and we have uh, in Spain coaching courses on this methodology. So if it resonates with any of your listeners, the best place to find us is at Tovo Institute, T-O-V-O Institute, dot com. And there you find a wealth of opportunities to connect with us, keep the dialogue going and uh, as I said I welcome to see anybody uh, on the pitch in Baltimore and maybe at the bar afterwards that sounds great January 17th 430 to 530 Tobo training intelligent position play presented by Quicko featuring our speaker right now on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Staff that's Todd Bean Todd Bean thanks so much for kicking off our show this week all right we'll see you all in Baltimore take care Todd Bean, a champion of champions. It'll be a great session. Please make sure you get there. Speaking of champions, we'll talk to four championship coaches today, the men's and women's D3 champions and the men's and women's NAIA champions. We start with D3 men, Tufts University, Josh Shapiro. In 10 years, he's won four titles. In fact, he's won four titles in the last six years. They're keeping it going. Josh Shapiro. Registration is now open for the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore. Make your plans to join us January 15th through the 19th for five days of coaching education, networking, meal and social functions, award presentations, and more. Register before December 11th to secure the best rate. Visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to learn more. The United Soccer Coaches Convention, your event for all things coaching. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. I want to thank featured presenter at this year's convention, Todd Bean, for kicking things off. And then we visit with four champions. That's right, both D3 champions for men and women and both NAIA champions for men and women. 
The Tufts University men's soccer team won its second straight NCAA championship and fourth in the last six years with a 2-0 victory over New England's small college athletic conference rival Amherst College. And now the Jumbos have won all four titles under their head coach Josh Shapiro, becoming just the third program in NCAA Division III history to win four or more national championships. Tufts finished the 2019 season with a 20-win, two-loss, and two-tie record. Two more victories than any team in program history. And a repeat visitor to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, Josh Shapiro, the top man, just completed his 10th season at Tufts. Josh, thanks for being with us. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah, fourth title in six years. That'll work, Coach. Uh, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> well beyond expectations. I guess the the reason for that, the way I said that, is it really doesn't get old, right? I mean, it's about building young men, but also winning games, right? And to be in the final game so many years and win four the last six years. Just talk about your consistency there. I'm thrilled with it. I, I can't I can't believe it, really. You know, it wasn't it was never. I took the job ten years ago, not expecting to be here in this situation. I you know I was hoping to be a, a contender uh, annually for the NESCAC, and you know. You know, via the transitive property, hopefully, hopefully, you know, you were going to be, every once in a while, you know, good enough to be in contention to make a run in the tournament. Um, that's all I knew as a, as a player, you know, coming out, you know, having gone to the Sweet 16 a couple times at Middlebury, um, and losing the Williams team that went on. Uh, so it was, you know, when, when we, when we beat, um, Messiah in 2014, that kind of crashed through the ceiling a little bit there and, and all of a sudden, you know, You've, you've, you've truly re- figured out that you could be a factor at the national level and, and play with the best, and and it's been kind of um, you know we've kind of gone, gone storming through it since then. But it's been it's been fantastic to like just to 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 learn more about you know the national scene of of, of Division Three soccer, and it was not something I, that was really on my radar when I when I took the job. And now now we've got guys who are you know watching Calvin games in the middle of the season. And watching Ohio Wesleyan play, and watching Messiah play, and watching, you know, Johns Hopkins and Oneonta and all these other teams that are, you know, national forces from outside of our region, just because they're now more aware of what the whole national landscape looks like, which is which is pretty exciting. We're here with Josh Shapiro, the top man for Tufts University, as they win back-to-back D3 men's titles and four in the last six years, ten amazing years, and. You had the uh, most outstanding offensive player in Gavin Tasker. You also had the most outstanding defensive player in Calvin Arrow. And then you had Eric Kinderman with six saves. Max Jacobs also got a goal. Talk about the, the performance of the offensive and defensive players for the weekend. You know, I, I think you get to the final weekend, and you know you're going to get you're going to get pushed, and you're going to need you know offensive production and quality. And we got you know scored six goals on the weekend, which was a fantastic return. And then we. We're able to shut out two of the best offensive teams in the country. So I think we got, you know, we got great quality performances from from all of our sort of you know units in the team. You know, to get, you know, we felt our wing play on the weekend was going to be really important, and we ended up getting, you know, four goals from wingers um, against uh, Calvin, um, and then you know you get another goal from a striker and another goal from another winger in in the final and and. You know, wide attacking play was, was important, but you know, Joe, big Joe Braun, our central forward, our All-American, was fantastic in helping us get balls out wide and occupying center backs and getting space for those wide players. Our midfield, you know, had to work really, really hard in both games. You know, in different types of ways. You know, Calvin, 
got on it and wanted to keep it and really possess it. And, and, and Amherst is a little bit more vertical and, and has to, you know, a lot of work in a, for our guys to try to find ball pressure or then recover and, and, and pick up second balls. So, you know, different types of games, different challenges, but, you know, the, the front six was certainly excellent. And I thought the back four plus Calvin, you know, in that deep six spot were outstanding against some, you know, like just upper, upper level attacking players on both, both teams. I think there were at least three All-Americans we played against in attacking areas um, on the weekend and, and guys who were going to be, you know, beyond that. And, and for me, the German Matteo kid from Amherst is, is, you know, I don't know if he will be, but I think he's the, the best player in Division Three soccer right now. So, uh, you know, the challenges we faced were, were pretty incredible, and the guys stepped up and, and handled our business. Eric Kinderman did a great job, back four, midfield groups, strikers, was, and, and, and the players off the bench were outstanding for us. Josh, I think uh, we're going to start calling Tufts the University for Titles seriously because the NCAA championship is the 11th for Tufts since 2020. You've got four. Men's lacrosse and softball has three, and field hockey also has one. So a lot of sports getting it done. It's got to be pretty exciting on campus. Uh, it's fun. I mean, I think, it, I think it makes a really fun environment for our, for our coaching staff. You know, like I think there's, you, you know, you, you stick your head out the window and, you know, i got the lacrosse staff across from me. I have the women's across staff right next to me, and they just she just got to her first national final. Uh, my other my other wall is field hockey. You know, uh, softball just down the road. Volleyball was like outrageously strong this year. So you know, there's a lot of energies, a lot of young bright coaches. You can sort of glean stuff off each other, um, and there's just kind of a a positive empowered feeling. Like you, you kind of feel like, hey, well, look, he's doing it. Why can't I do it? And and it, I think that makes for a great environment of, of ambitious forward thinking from from a coaching staff. The championships were at Greensboro. What needs to be worked on as far as the host Greensboro? Good spot for us. It's it's interesting when you go when you go back and you're at the same place again. It just makes it an easier experience, right? You're, you're handling logistics at a different level. The guys are you know just kind of able to do things comfortably. They're not looking for direction. They can get places without struggling, and they can find solutions if if things go, you know just get weird to kill time or whatever. So I think you know you're just a little bit more relaxed. And I think you know when you when you when you're relaxed and you're confident, and you're at your best. And I think that was something that that played to our advantage. I think I think they did a nice job. It's a nice facility. Um, I think people in Greensboro are incredibly welcoming and, and warm. And you know the hotel sort of slash field setup was was quite good. So we were we were very pleased with that situation. Outstanding. Where's the final four next year for D3 men? I think it's back there again. I think I think it's like two more years in Greensboro. Well, there you go. And will Tufts be back there again, Coach? Um, that, that that is the plan, Dean. But I, you know, I've, no, I've, I have no idea. <laughs> we lose a lot of quality guys, but we'll we've got some good young play, really good young players in our team that didn't really get a great chance to to be on the field yet this year. But I think you know they're playing against those guys every day in practice and getting better and getting sharper. So you know our goal would be to be formidable next year. We'll have to see. All right, congratulations. It never gets old talking to you. Congrats on another national championship for championships and 10 years of coaching for in the last six years. Well done, Josh. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate your time. Josh Shapiro, Tufts University. They win the D3 Men National Championship. Messiah, Scott Fry, 20 amazing seasons. He wins his sixth national championship for D3 Women. Scott Fry, head coach, Messiah College Women's Soccer, when we return. Now is the time to advance your coaching career and register for a United Soccer Coaches Winter Residential Course. These courses will be held January 6th through the 10th in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 
Earn one of the five advanced diplomas offered this January and add to your coaching resume. Remember to register before December 6th to beat the price increase. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Great start with Todd Bean. He'll be a presenter at this year's convention in Baltimore. And we're spending time with four national champions, the men's and women's D3 champs and the men's and women's NAI champs. We move to D3 women, and in a battle of Division Three women's soccer titans, the number one Messiah women's soccer team held off the number two William Smith Herons in the 2019 National Championship game to give Messiah their sixth national championship in program history. And their top man, Scott Fry, now in his 20th season, this is his record, folks. After 20 years, he's 421, 24, and 29, and he's got six titles. He won it in 05, won it in 08, 09, 2011, 2012, and he gets it done in 2019. Coach, 20 great seasons, to me, that means you love what you do. You love where you are. Uh, I think you would say that would be very correct. Uh, Messiah is a, has been a great fit. It's where I went to school. It's my alma mater and where I grew up. So all those things together, um, yeah, it's been a really good fit. Yeah, remind me, as a player, did you win a national championship as a player, one or two as well, Coach? Or? No, we well, we won the went back then was the NCC, so the National Christian College. Uh, we won it, I think it was my sophomore year. And then after that, Messiah went D3. Um, but the beginning of us going D3 was uh, right after that. Yep. All right, well, talk a little bit about this team. I know that Maddie Cole provided the only goal, but you've got a nice team. What was it about this team that uh, made you feel like you could get it done and win another title? You're sixth in 20 years. Well, I think... I think early on going into the season, uh, we felt that this team had the talent. It was a very senior group, um, six seniors who, who had a lot of impact and, and were basically in the front half. So, you know, our, our attacking area, uh, I thought was in pretty good hands. And then we just sort of had to put together the defensive side. So I thought we had the talent. Um, but I think what happened as the season went, uh, I mean, we lost, you know, a couple of injuries here and there, uh, put a dent in a little bit of that. And uh, in the end, it was really the uh, grit and heart of this team that sort of played out versus the uh, maybe the talent part. 20 years, as you already mentioned, it is your home, and it uh, hopefully will be your home for a long, long time. You'll keep on getting it done. But you guys have, uh, as we mentioned earlier, along with uh, Alice Ann Wilbur, you guys have been the Titans, both programs consistently solid, consistently winning. What has been the secret formula for you and and you know, I guess even William Smith, but I guess more for you uh, being there 20 years, Coach. Um, I don't think there's a secret formula. I think it's, uh, you know, getting a, a group of girls who have bought into our our culture, our style. Um, you know, Messiah's an interesting place. It's a faith-based school. And so it's finding young women who, who are excited by, you know, want to play really high-level soccer, but also want to, do it in an environment that's going to grow their faith. And so I think that makes it unique. It makes it a, a special place. All right, we're here with Scott Fry, the 20-year top man for Messiah. And as we often ask you when you come on the program, United Soccer Coaches, one of the things they try to do is make sure they're super inclusive and spend time focused on all levels of college soccer. You've been a member for a long time, right, Coach? Sure, uh, probably back in the 80s. What's been important to you as a member of United Soccer Coaches? I think, you know, one of the best things they do 
is just the, um, the, the, the training that they offer, the opportunity to go online, and the, you know the coaching information that's available. Uh, I find helpful, it's, and uh, hearing from other coaches and what they're doing. Right, if you're in this profession, you got to keep learning, and uh, I think. And the association does a good job of, of staying on the cutting edge of things. I know that um, for you it's bigger than on field, but you know, 20 years at Messiah, now looking where women's soccer is, particularly in our country, with NWSL, with the women win- winning back-to-back World Cups. Certainly for young women, this sport has really been an outstanding outlet, coach, and a great time to be a female in women's soccer, right? I would agree, and I think. You know, what I've seen, you know, even especially at the D3 level is just the continued uh, growth of the number of quality programs. You know, 20 years ago, I think I would say the number of really good programs, you know, I wouldn't say on one hand, but there weren't as many. Now you just, you know, first of all, the number of full-time jobs in the women's game of coaching and people who are putting a lot of time and energy uh, in the D3 game, there's just you know, the continued growth and improvement of programs across the board. We like to talk about uh, mentors on this program. You've been there 20 years, so you're really probably mentoring more folks than you'll even remember who mentored you. But when asked that question, who your key mentors are, what's the answer to that question, Scott? Well, I would have to say, first of all, Leighton Shoemaker. He was the head coach on the men's side when I played at Messiah and uh, was an assistant on the men's side for several years um, before you know before I moved on my own. And so Leighton would be you know, one of the main ones. And then... Actually, Dave Brandt, who was just a friend of mine, who we were classmates, but I think is one of the, the great minds, was one of the, you know, took the men's program at Messiah and, and developed it to, you know, where what is it today. And so those two probably the most. You stayed there for 20 years. You see Anson Dorrance doing it for 40 years as he almost won his first title since 2012. You got it done this year to go with your titles in 5, 8, 9, 11, and 12 you see him doing it 40 years. I mean, can you do it 20 more years, Coach? Uh, I don't think so. I'm a little older than that. So uh, 20 more years would be pushing it. Uh, maybe we'll get another six or seven years out. Well, and finally, just kind of going back to your original thoughts, So, for those of us that have uh, never been to Messiah, tell us a little bit about the town and the university and what does uh, make it so special. Uh, yeah, Messiah uh, you know, is located in a, a little town called Grantham. Um no stoplights, and uh, just, you know, one of those places where you're, you're out, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, uh, just a beautiful country setting, but within five minutes you're, you're close to Harrisburg, so you got Metro not that far away. And uh, as I said, you know, it's a faith-based school, Christian school that, that really desires to integrate faith with everything that they do, and I think that's what has made it such a, you know, such a special place and different place that, you know, Young men, young women who are looking for that experience can find not only a great education, but also build their faith as well. This will be one that you might uh, sort of brush off, but uh, you've had success winning doubles 8, 9, 11, and 12. How about 19 and 20, Coach? Can you get her done? I, I think I've learned in this game that uh, it's always possible. It's going to be a very, very new group, and that's always exciting, right? You, you, you wonder what, uh, what a group is going to be like after a very senior group with a lot of influence graduates. But I always say, you know, that's happened to us before. So uh, always have a chance. Scott Fry, 20 years Messiah women's soccer, six national championships, and I'm going to repeat the record, 421, 24, and 29. Just amazing. Scott, I always enjoy having you on the program. Congrats on your sixth 
national championship and uh, have a happy holiday and hope to see you at the convention. I appreciate it. Thank you. Stay with us. We meet our NAIA men's and women's coaching champs after this message. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I want to thank Todd Bean, a featured presenter at the convention this January in Baltimore, as well as our G3 men and women national champions. Now we move to the NAIA men and women's championships. And we start with NAIA men. Number one ranked Central Methodist men's soccer team did what no other NAIA men's soccer program has done since Lindsey Wilson in 2001. That's right. Central Methodist, they went back-to-back national championships, hadn't been done since the early 2000s, and that means back-to-back appearances on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Their six-year head coach, Alex Nichols, joins me now. Coach, thanks for being with us. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. When you hear that stat that the last time a team won back-to-back titles was Lindsey Wilson way back in 2001, how does that make you feel, Coach? Yeah, it, it just, you know, it just reminds uh, my staff and I how, how fortunate we were to have a great group of student athletes who uh, worked very hard or were very talented and uh, good people and good academics. Central Methodist finished the season with a 25-1 and record, breaking numerous school records along the way, including most wins in a season, fewest losses in a season, and highest single season winning percentage, 25-1 and with the Natty. That's a, just an amazing season, Coach. What do you attribute it to? Uh, again, a great coaching staff and, most importantly, a great group of student-athletes. And our president certainly has, um, you know, put a lot of emphasis into, of course, academics, but also into the student-athlete experience. And so, um, you know, uh, so many things are interrelated in this uh, and having something you know, so special take place. And we're just awfully proud of it because it's the second – Team national championship in the 165-year history of Central Methodist University, and the first team national championship in the history of the university was our team winning it last year. So we're uh, we're very uh, we're very excited and very very proud of our guys' accomplishments. Indeed, we're here with Alex Nichols, the top man, and we're all about names. You mentioned your coaching staff. Go ahead and tell us who's on your coaching staff. Yeah, David Machitza. Um, he's in his fourth year with me. He's done a fantastic job. Um, Ricardo Olea, um, he played for me, and he is in um, his second year with us. And uh, Rafael Ferrer Ortiz, he is in his um, third year with us, and he was a player for me as well. So it's a great group, and we've been fortunate enough to have other fantastic coaches with me during my time here who who are at other places um, right now, but then Simon Barinas and Brendan McCoo's at Dayton University. Uh, Mark Russell, who's doing a lot of club work out in Seattle. Um, and so we've been fortunate to have a great group of coaches in the past and, and of course, present who have, who have helped build this and, and shape this culture and this program. Well, and it doesn't hurt to have big-time goal scorers. Daniel Hernandez, who had another big season, he's your all-time career leader in goals. And then you had a young man from Italy who scored 23 goals. Talk about uh, – 
the great goal scoring production on this team, Coach. Yeah, it's uh, it's really across the board. Um, I, mean, I mean, Danny and, and Alberto have had a, an amazing season with all the goals that they've scored. But you know, I think that sometimes can overshadow how hard those those guys worked uh, defensively. And and really, we're fortunate enough to you know nobody can just isolate Danny and, and Alberto because you know we've got a lot of great guys who have scored goals throughout the season. I know Jayton Johnson has a good amount of goals to his name. Junior Kazim, our center back, Carlos Sheckerman. Uh, Marcos Herman, our left back, um, who was co-player of, the, um, of our conference. And so we, uh, you know, Victor Luengo, our center mid. So we've had a lot of guys from all um, all lines of the field uh, step up in, in big moments. So I think it's a, it's a full team effort, and, you know, we're a defensive first team. And so it's uh, special seeing a lot of different guys score, which, you know, makes it to where teams can't isolate one or two guys. Doesn't hurt, Coach, to have a pretty good goalkeeper, and we understand your goalkeeper is the career leader for goalkeeper shutouts and victories. Tell us his name and what makes him such a great goalkeeper. Yeah, Vince Galay, he had some national team youth experience in, in Hungary, and he's, uh, he's a special goalkeeper. Um, he's very good. Now, he has a great defense in front of him from top to bottom. Everybody, all 10 field players have to play special defense and I know he would attribute you know the majority of our success to all the guys in front of him but Vince has been absolute class for us um, is amazing of a goalkeeper as he is um, he's equally as special of a leader and you know has been um, a captain for us and you know really led us on and off the field so his leadership is as special as his talents um, as a goalkeeper so um, having been a goalkeeper myself, it, it's been a, a privilege to watch him do his thing. As you know, and we talked about this last year, Alex, but with United Soccer Coaches headquarters being in Kansas City, anytime a team from Missouri or Kansas wins anything, they get extra excited. You know that. I know you feel that as well. It's It's got to be nice to have their support behind you guys as well because they're pretty fired up that you won it again. Yeah, you know, being uh, I'm, I grew up in Kansas City playing for some of the very good clubs, um, you know, growing up. So Kansas City is still what I consider home, um, and so it's it's extra special to to see the headquarters there and to hear that uh, that you know they're proud of a, a Missouri University um, having a great deal of success just makes it all the more better. Just like last year, remind everybody what you love so much about Central Methodist. You know, I, I just believe that it's uh, there's a big family atmosphere to it. And, you know, the, the great thing about it is all the coaches are supportive of each other. And so it's, uh, it's a win for, you know, the men's soccer program. But I know the women's soccer coach is equally as excited, the baseball coach, the softball coach. Um, you know, um, the cheer coach. You know, it's just been a great deal of support from from top to bottom, and, and every program, you know, takes it as a win. So everything is interrelated um, here, and, you know, ev- everybody's actions for the positive benefit um, each other, and so everybody's cheerleaders for each other, so to speak, and um, everybody's accomplishment, you know, we take pride in that because accomplishment of another sport is an accomplishment of our sport, so to speak. And so um, it's a very family-like atmosphere, and I'm proud to be a part of the university. Well, well said. Whether it's Phil Jackson or Pat Riley or Anson Dorrance, the question now for Alex Nichols is, how about a three-peat, Coach? <laughs> well, it's tell you what, it's hard enough to win one, let alone do it twice, but um, our goals will be as set as high as they possibly can. That's the only way to do it. All right, well, we hope to see you in Baltimore as part of the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Will you get a chance to be up there? I certainly will be there. 
All right, Alex Nichols, he wins it again, back-to-back titles for NAIA men. Congratulations, Coach. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. So a couple months ago, we saw that Kaiser University down there in sunny Florida had shot up to number one for NAIA women, and we wanted to find out about Kaiser University and the Dunny Way under Matt Dunn. So we reached out to him. He was on the podcast. We told him then if he wins the NAIA Women's Championship, he's got to come on again. Guess what? Matt Dunn, Kaiser University, they won. Matt joins me after this message. Team Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents. Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability, boom, boom, boom. I've looked at other at other things, and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast as we continue our theme to talk Two championship coaches, 2019 edition, four championship coaches on the show, the two D3 for men and women, and, of course, the men and women for NAIA. And uh, Matt Dunn, we actually had him on a couple months ago when Kaiser University shot the number one. We wanted to know what was going on. And sure enough, the number one Kaiser women's soccer team shut out number 13, Marion, two to nothing in the NAI women's national championship game. The national championship is the first ever in program history for the Seahawks and Matt Dunn, the top man, now in his ninth season. Getting it done. I'll tell you what, that first one's got to be pretty sweet, right, Coach? Yeah, it took a long time. We've had two semifinals, one runner-up, and now we finally get across the line this year. So it's very uh, sweet and rewarding right now. Yeah, talk about that feeling when that final whistle did sound and you did, in fact, as you said, cross that line. Um, it's a lot of emotion. Um, we didn't just get to this point overnight uh, or even this season. This has been something that we've built for over 10 years. When I was back, when I was the assistant, we slowly started to gain momentum and we put it all together and just now these past two years we're, we're obviously finishing runner-up last year so we were so close and then and a lot of the girls returned this year who really wanted to get all the way to the end and we, we managed to do that um, everybody at the end was in tears obviously because it's so emotionally you're all happy but you're all crying because you're happy <laughs> um, the girls themselves still I don't think understand what they've done because it's not sank in even for me it's not fully sank in yet I think I'll take a few more days and we'll sit and look back and think wow we just did something very very special we're here with Matt Dunn the head coach for Kaiser University your NAIA Women's National Champions a couple nuggets on Kaiser they finished their season with a program best 24 victories and as I told you earlier their first ever national title they become the first team in the Sun Conference to win an NAIA National Championship in women's soccer. The Seahawks, as they're known, finished the year as the Sun Conference regular season and tournament champs. And their only loss this season came in overtime against then number one and former national champ William Carey. But they've gone on to win 22 straight games. And as Coach Dunn already told you, this is the second straight appearance in the national championship game 
for the Seahawks. As you did when I had you on a couple months ago when you caught our attention, remind everybody where Kaiser University is and sell it for us. What makes it so great? Um, we're located around the corner from Donald Trump's house, pretty much. Uh, we're four miles away from the beach in West Palm Beach. Um, Location-wise, everybody else is probably inside right now covered in snow or it's raining or it's cold. I'm looking out of my office and I've got people in, in the pool right now, so we're, we're blessed every day with sunshine and palm trees. Um, we never have to worry about rain in terms of water logging the field or you know, we have to worry more about lightning during the summer. Um, we're just so easy living down here in terms of we can go out every day and enjoy all the things that are around us just because of the weather. West Palm Beach itself is a growing town that people are starting to come to because Miami's maybe too crowded or Fort Lauderdale's too crowded and here in West Palm it's a little bit more easier. So we're blessed with that. Yeah, not exactly Sheffield, England weather either, right? <laughs> no, they had major flooding in Sheffield, England. Uh, <laughs> it rains. Two months of rain in one day. Everywhere was flooded. We're here with Matt Dunn, the head coach at Kaiser University, your NAIA Women's National Champs. Last year they were runner-up. This year they hold the trophy high. This is the United Soccer Coaches podcast, so it's all about coaches. On your staff, Craig Mooney, Mark Dawson, Steve Burgess. How long has, have those five gentlemen been with you, Matt? Uh, well, Mark and Craig uh, actually played for the men's team here at Kaiser um, about five years ago, I think, roughly. Um, I actually back then was the assistant for men and women, so I coached both of them for at least a year. Um, obviously, knew them very well because of that, so they've been here for the past three years now. And Steve has been on the staff for the past two years. He's already won a national for high school soccer. He's very well thought of here in the Florida area, winning state championships with his high school teams and then his travel teams. Um, obviously, I can't do it without them. The big part that this, you know, all three of us, four of us, sorry, just just going after the one goal, and then we can't forget our trainer, Stacy. Uh, she's just as important as we are. She gets them all sitting on the field. So big shout out goes to her as well. And you know, in a year when women's soccer really skyrocketing, of course, another World Cup with USA. The NWSL crowds are great. All levels of women's soccer attendance is pretty good. It's not a bad time to be involved in women's soccer, right, Coach? That's a great time to be involved in women's soccer. It's growing more and more every year. Um, starting to get recognition on the TV more and more. There's more people talking about it. Um, I think now a lot of people are starting to shift and, and look at the women's game and say, you know what, it is entertaining to watch. Um, it is fast. You know, that's how we play right here. Our games this year, we play fast, we score goals, we we create chances. It's entertaining, just like the men's game. So it shouldn't be looked at any other any other way. Yeah, as you think about it, too, knowing that you're from England and remembering what England did in the World Cup, I mean, arguably the best team short of the U.S., it's got to make you pretty proud of even how the women's soccer is elevated in your home country. Yeah, well, massively, massively grown in England. Um, when I left England 16 years ago, I don't think I could really name any teams 
Um, you know, there was a few players, obviously, but teams, not so much. Now, we've got one of the best leagues. You've got Man United have got a women's team. Liverpool have got a women's team. They're, they're all buying into the women's game, Chelsea, Man City. And, you know, the, um, the game against uh, Germany, I think it was about two or three weeks ago that they had in England, uh, they had in Wembley, they had 80,000 people there for a women's game, and that's great to see. Um, the more and more that grows, the more and more the whole culture will change, and that's good. Yeah, that is outstanding. Finally, Coach, as we think about it, you're runner-up last year, you won it this year. Do you have the horses coming back to try to win another one back-to-back? Uh, you know, at the end of the game, we were all emotional, but I said to the seniors, thank you very much, and then I said to the returning players, I'll see you all in January to go defend that title. So the coaching comes out even in those big moments. Um, but we'll have a very good go at it. Nobody's done it for a long, long time. And the NEI, I think, got to go all the way back to Lee University in 2011 to defend your title. Uh, once you put that target on your back as the number one or the defending champ, it's very difficult. But we're hungry and we want to keep building on this and see see where we can go. How many rings can we get? How many championships can we get? I told you a couple months ago if you won it, you'd have to come back on. And sure enough, you're on. It's Matt Dunn. They call it the Dunny way. It's the winning way. It's Kaiser. Is your NAIA Women's National Champs. Coach Dunn, thanks for being on the program and congrats on the national championship. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I want to thank all of our national champion coaches as well as Todd Bean for kicking off our show. I want to thank Michael Knipper and Sean Chevro and the great folks at United Soccer Coaches. I'm Dean Linky. See you same time, same channel next week for another edition of United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. <laughs>